Welcome to Mountain Whispers Podcast with Tim Stewart. This is a project to explore the deeper lessons that we learn from the outdoors. In this episode, I chat with Christoph Leonard. Christoph is the founder of the Vancouver Psychedelic Society, which has over a thousand members. But he's also an endurance athlete and a nurse in the emergency ward of St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver. In this episode, we chat about the power of trail running, runner's high, and how that can be elevated by using psychedelic substances. I want to start this episode by making it very clear that the practice of combining psychedelics with any activity is one that shouldn't be taken lightly. There's a long list of things to consider before taking psychedelics in the first place, and this list becomes a lot longer when you start to consider combining psychedelics with adventure sports. What we explore in this conversation is that runner's high is an altered state of consciousness that can often be elevated when you're on trails in nature, and that feeling can be elevated even more through the responsible use of psychedelic substances like mushrooms or LSD. Like I said in the intro, I started this podcast to explore the deeper lessons we learn from the outdoors. And a large part of those deeper lessons is through those flow states, which lead to optimal performance, but also leads to inspiration, connection, and healing. The author Jamie Wheel makes a compelling argument that big nature and adventure sports are modalities that help us enter these flow states, along with other modalities such as breathwork, sexuality, and substances. He's, he's just released a book, Recapture the Rapture, on this. Um, so I think it's an area well worth exploring. In this episode, we talk about the ways in which LSD can enhance performance, but also add that extra level of inspiration, of, of insight and, and awe. We talk about how it can help us better understand the mind-body connection, which is something in the West through we haven't really talked about well, and, and it, uh, it's these altered states which really drop us into feeling that. We talk about experience design, and how different variables can affect the intensity and the meaningfulness of the experience. And then specifically how dosage, whether that be micro, macro, or the underrated meso in between, all have different optimal contexts for reaching these flow states. So again, please take this information with a, a hefty warning label. Adding substances can quickly turn anything into an extreme sport. Um, this is all kind of recorded with the context of uh, anyone listening has had experience or knows the warning signs before it. If you don't, please uh, do your research beforehand. But with that said, please enjoy this conversation with Christoph Leonard. So Christoph, I... Uh know you through the Vancouver Psychedelic Association. Um, I also know you uh, as a nurse, but um, yeah, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so, well, thanks for having me on here. Um, so a little bit about my background is I'm uh, primarily, first and foremost, uh, identify myself as a nurse. I work in the emergency at St. Paul's uh, Hospital, 
been doing that for about the last three years now. Uh, I've also founded the Vancouver Psychedelic Society, and that's been a big passion project of mine over the last two years. We've grown to over a thousand members, and it's just an incredible platform. I've met so many incredible people and learned so much through this. And um, another big aspect of my life is that I do a lot of running, a lot of trail running, and uh, I've I've done a couple of ultras recently, and it's a uh, been a wonderful journey and something I'm, you know, very open to embracing and learning more and more about and just really enjoying the whole process. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, the intersection between psychedelics and trail running. Um, and so how did you get into into trail running? Well, which, which came first? Yeah, so that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting journey because I, I think initially it started with psychedelics. Um, it was my brother who introduced me to it initially um, it was some LSD, it was like a tab of LSD kind of thing. We went for a walk in the woods, a very long walk and kind of chatted and it was a very sort of positive experience overall. Um, and in terms of trail running, now that came a little bit later, although the two of them actually soon after intersected, but the trail running was something that, uh, you know, as I was just growing and developing and sort of learning more about my body and my health and just getting in tune with myself, um, it's something that uh, just grew into um, a big passion of mine and something I really enjoy. Um, I know I started off with a lot of running. I'd go for short runs on the street and everything like that. Um, but eventually I switched over to running in the woods and never turned back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what this project is exploring. Is It's exploring like the the deeper meaning but also like what else more there is to it uh when you add uh of being in nature as such um and so like what was the process of uh of like layering in trail running to like the psychedelic experience in the first place yeah so that's that's a good question um i, I think there was it was it was primarily the LSD experience that really attuned me to that, to what is possible and what I'm even capable of um, in that realm. Because as you'll know, one thing with LSD is that it has this energizing quality to it. So naturally that led me to exploring actually running with it. And given that by that time I had some experience with running, it was, it was just really a step away from actually intertwining the two and um, eventually having my first um, full-on dedicated run where I took LSD and I ran and it was the most liberating and the most fun thing I've ever done. Um, so, you know, the rest is kind of history from there. And a lot of my friends also are very big into that. So they have some impact on me in that regards. But it's been just an amazing uh, thing to have in my life. Mm-hmm. And so when was the first or what was like the first big like feat that you achieved uh, let's say, without the assistance of substance, substances in terms of trail running, and then what difference does the effect of, of LSD have for you? Yeah, that's, that's interesting, because in terms of the longest I had run at that point, um, I, I mean, I think it was probably in the, in the realm of maybe an hour and a half or two hours. I wasn't doing it so much competitively as more of a uh, sort of, side thing that I do for fun for health um but it was once I took LSD that I really got into 
the next level of flow states. So these were the times where I would actually run for maybe half of a day and enjoy every step of it. And um, essentially, the only reason I'd even stop was because, you know, I'd, I'd run out of water or, um, or food or something like that. So I had to essentially come back. Um, but it, it definitely allowed me to sort of realize what my body is capable of. And it also helped me expand and understand like what my, uh, the mind as being sort of the limiting factor, because sort of by the time I experimented with LSD into running, I was already fairly fit. So I could run for again, a couple of hours. And, um, that was when I really saw that LSD could actually significantly expand that time. And that made me think, well, my body's already at a certain level. The only thing that changed is essentially like my mental capacity in a sense, right? So it, it changes the way you maybe perceive pain, the way you perceive, um, you know, the, the challenge of the run. And um, that sort of allowed me to really see that it's just, it's all in the mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. We were talking before this about, uh, my, my background's been the opposite in that I, uh, like in my athletic background, I, I always found I had a strong mind and it was my body that was always like giving me the, the trouble with injuries holding me back. Uh, whereas with you, it was like you, you were able to overcome the limits of the mind mm -hmm. through like LSD enhancing that. Yeah. You say? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've always, because, and this was interesting because we went for a run just earlier and um, we were kind of comparing some of the, the differences in terms of like our background and even our childhood. And for me, I know you, you had a more of a disciplined sort of background, like you were doing a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of training. There was a lot of discipline involved. And, you know, when I was young, I didn't have that. I didn't have any sort of major formative or, you know, disciplinary um, sort of forces in my life. So um, it was something that actually developed over time. And um, it, it's been something that more recently, especially with the psych entering the psychedelic space and, you know, really focusing on the connection between my mind and body that I've realized that it's the mind that I can really, was the bottleneck, right? Um, and it's something that I've been really working on sort of expanding uh, and pushing past those limits. So I've always felt that it, it was my body was just, it's limiting factor ultimately was how hard I was willing to push myself. And I came from a place where I would always hit that sort of first barrier, which is like when things get a little bit tough, like you're going into a run or you're into the workout, you lift a couple of weights and you're like, ah, I'm not feeling it. Things aren't good. And then you just like give up and go home. Right. And that was sort of like, I'd always just succumb to that and that would be it. Um, but more recently was just realizing that I need to push past that. And psychedelics was a big window into seeing like what is possible. Um, but that's, that's been like the biggest aspect. So I've been able to like right now really focusing on like improving my mental discipline and being able to push myself into much further zones and then getting that response with my body. So, um, it's been a little bit, I guess a little bit different than your experience. Yeah. Well, well, like that leads me thinking about is, um, like as psychedelics becomes more and more mainstream, um, there's like a conversation of like, the limits of like its efficacy and because uh, cause there's, there's a lot of people thinking it's the, an the, the antidote for everything where it's certainly not. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious, um, 
how has like the experience of being able to push past perceived limits uh, when trail running uh, with su- the assistance of substances has that how has that affected you when you're trail running without any substances oh right so like what kind of residual impact does it does it have like in terms of so once I've taken it does it change the way I then I'm able to run even sober. Yeah, what is or, the like? What's it like coming up against pain or coming up against your limits when you're not on LSD? Mm-hmm. Is it is it harder? Or is it easier because you have the memory of pushing past it, or what's it like? Yeah, I, I definitely think it 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 has like some sort of imprinting. Like it it has something that uh, like some sort of residual memory that you can then recapture and sort mm-hmm. of like re-enter that. So for me, what I found is that. It, it essentially creates some sort of pathway that I can then sort of see. So it's like uh, there's certain typical patterns of like pain and challenge and even like difficult thinking that comes up when you're running. So I've been able to better map out the, the way that these things sort of unfold. And being able to see that it's like, well, these kind of negative thoughts that are coming in are then going to be followed probably even in the next 15 or 20 or next hour into the run are going to be followed by uh, these more sort of positive uplifting thoughts, right? There's a certain cyclical pattern to that. Mm -hmm. And just being able to see like as you journey through different parts, you enter different types of like flow states and and also just understanding like there's this first aspect of like the run when you, you go for the first maybe 20 minutes or half an hour that sometimes can be quite challenging and like not succumbing to that pain not being uh, captured by it and just knowing that once you get beyond that point you're going to be in a flow state where it's going to be a little bit easier for you to get or at least you're going to have more energy and this this sort of pattern actually continues because there's you know two or three hours into a run there's different sets of thoughts than four or five hours like they're very different Mm -hmm. and having that LSD experience to draw back to and be like, okay, this is what it's like. Because in the LSD experience, it is easier. Um, it, it changes your perception of pain and everything. So the LSD experience allows you to essentially like blast through and really explore the territory. And then you know what that territory is like um, in, the, in the non-LSD yeah. experience, if that makes sense. It's like provides like a, like a roadmap yeah. to like what's possible. That's to right. Some degree. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely one aspect of it that I yeah. found. That like it's funny like to people like or let's call it like non-runners, um, so often it's like because they haven't got past that first like half hour mm. of um, like that resistance before like you you get to like a flow state if you could call it that, mm. um, but like over the longer distances it seems like there's waves of that. Is that yeah. Right? yeah yeah yeah. There's 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 different points and and uh, like I haven't. I, I'm sure there's different sort of hypotheses and theories on like, you know, the different sort of stages um, that people go through. But especially if, because a lot of people don't even know, like if I tell people like, yeah, like I've run ultra marathons and things like that, like it's difficult to really understand that unless if you've actually been through it, right? Like it's, it's in a way comparative to telling someone like, yeah, I had like a really mind opening um, mushroom trip. And I realized my relevance and my significance in the world or something like that, right? And someone's going to be like, okay, cool. But like, what does that actually mean? They have nothing to actually map that onto or connect that Mm. to life. So they'll be like, okay, well, they had a crazy, strong experience. Like, okay. But you actually have to go through it almost in a sense. So 
when I tell people like, you know, I do ultra running, whatever, and, and the last, again, this is sort of what I tell them, and, and this is, in my experience, been, exa- and with everyone else I've compared to is, is, you know, that last 10K is absolutely nothing like that first 10K, right? So, you know, there's people who are thinking, oh, it's like, well, I can run 10K, I can run 20K. What difference is it, like, you know, if you're running 40K or 50K, you're, like, doing a little bit more than double that. But it's, mentally, it's, it's like, it's, like, it's exponentially different. Um, just because you're doubling the distance does not mean it's going to be, like, even double the pain or anything. It's, it's not a linear relationship between the two. So just telling people that and trying to explain that is, is um, you know, you need some kind of, you almost need something to compare it to, um, mm. or at least to have gone through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that brings like uh, two thoughts come to mind in this. Um, one being uh, experience design. So, um, like the 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 experience. Actually, let me let me backpedal on that. Um, like in looking at, I'm thinking about the altered state of consciousness um, that that comes when you're in a running flow state. Uh, that is actually similar to when you're on psychedelics. And, um, like in terms of experience design, you're like going for an ultra marathon or, or a long run, that's like an experience on itself that really like it, an initiation of, of sorts, like you're, you're really pushing yourself. Um, like adding acid to that is like adding another layer to experience design. And I think about how, how sometimes you do it in bare feet as well. Oh yeah. Like how would you describe like the different like layers of experience yeah so um i think yeah the, just adding that lsd in there for sure will make a, a significant impact because the the truth is that um you know in some regards you don't need um any of these sort of uh, psychedelic enhancements when you do a run because you can enter uh sort of these endogenous based um flow states uh especially when you do extensively long distances and I've had that um, again and and there is some difference like I've had those runs where you're running so long and maybe 30 or 40k into it like you start to have essentially this like I would call it like a mild uh, psychedelic experience but it has a different quality to it Um, but now when you add in LSD into that picture it, it really does I guess to, to describe the layer, one of the layers would be like just this deeper connection between the body. In a sense, there's a certain um, automaticity, like in terms of quality, right? So all of a sudden it's like, you're not really the one running. You're just sort of just steering the ship a little bit. Your body's in a sense, like you feel everything, but like it's all automatic. Like it, it doesn't, it feels effortless in a way. And there's some interesting things that happen like in terms of the quality of like the there can be this point where everything turns into this, uh, it's sort of like a tunnel vision kind of thing, right? Everything just blurs around you and it just feels like you're, it feels like you're going insanely fast and you're, you're purely experienced. There's no thought, there's nothing else that is in your purview at all. It is purely just you moving from essentially point A to point B. You're just in this flow and 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 that is just this most incredibly joyous and very um like there's there's a certain like meaning to it as well because it's just like you're able to exist in this like peak 
experience. It feels really good. It feels really awesome and powerful just to have that. And, you know, when I sort of reflect back on it, it's just, it's such a, such a different, um, it's such a different, it's such a unique experience in that regard because it's, there's, there's really nothing you can directly compare that to because it is ultimately, it's the ultimate mind-body connection, right? Because your, essentially like every body is, every, every muscle in your body is, is completely engaged as is your mind and they're connected in this experience. So it is pure body awareness and pure experience all at the same time. Um, and then there's, there's added levels to, you know, it depends on how much, like maybe how much you're dosing. Dose is a pretty big part of this. Well, what I found is that actually low doses can be very effective, like a quarter tab or half a tab or something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be a massive dose. Sometimes too high doses can actually be detrimental because you are uh, too lost in the experience. So there's a, there's a good point which we, you can sort of titrate to. And um, it really just opens you up to like a new dimension of, of running. And again, uh, when you reach the peak of the peak, it's essentially like there's no challenge. Like it's like uh, uh, any hill or anything that comes up to you or like you, have, you realize that you're gonna be uphill for the next couple of kilometers, which would normally be a challenge. But to you, it's just pure bliss. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is the most, just incredible thing you you want it you desire it and and it's and it's just uh uh it's it's a very joyful and embodying experience beautiful um that that helps me realize like kind of what i want to do with this and that um so this project is on the deeper lessons we learn from the mountains and it's like specifically like around like that there is specific experiences that you can reach like ecstasis as jamie we would would say well maybe that was victor turner mm -hmm. whatever but like uh and that like when we when we like enter an activity enter a state like this uh and and can reach that flow state it often like energizes us gets the flywheel turning to to like benefit in, in other areas of our life as well do you find like when you find that, like, that blissful flow state, you're able to ride the high after. Oh, so do you mean like in for the remainder of the run, or like or the, the remainder of the run, and then also the next day, the next week? What's like? Oh, for sure. Like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I've I've definitely found that that um, there's this there's this sort of uh, a mood, this 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 uplifting kind of mood that um, sticks with you. And it's sustained for, for certainly a while, um, probably in the, the time span of weeks to maybe even months um, that you can carry with you, right? So it's not like I dose that in any regular capacity, in any regular intervals. It's um, more of a rare thing actually for me um, because you, in, in a sense you don't need to and you can't always be you know, taking acid, even small amounts to give you that accelerant so um i find that uh, uh my runs are significantly improved and i also do find that i can enter flow states a little bit faster mm -hmm. actually there's something i i i speculate that there might be some sort of like priming effect from that um which can help you just mentally enter that in a more rapid uh you know in a more rapid way 
I'm not entirely sure of it. It's still, you know, it's like, a, it's something that I've, I've come to observe. And um, uh, there's certain ways you can kind of, you know, use that strategically. Yeah, at least for me, it's like, uh, it's, it's an elusive state. Um, and it's possible without the assistance of substances, but uh, it's easier to recreate with substances. And I often think of it as like, um, you're, you're essentially trying to like shoot for the moon, like to reach this like specific state. And um, like psychedelics with acids or, or mushrooms, like provide you with a little bit more horsepower to like oh, yeah. get out of the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also more volatile. Like it, have you had any like shitty experiences? We'll, we'll talk about dose like later, but like yeah. have you got the, the dose wrong or the setting setting wrong before? Yeah, you know, I, I wonder potentially if I'm, I may be an outlier in, in some regards. Um, I've short of one experience, and even that wasn't purely negative, I, I've never really had any sustained negative um, sort of effects, at least when it comes to combining it with running. Um, I find I'm like fairly aware of my mind and my body and sort of where I'm at and what sort of thoughts and what might be causing things. So I'm able to uh, use that along with certain types of um, mindfulness uh, techniques that have really essentially propelled me to a state where I usually can have very, very enhanced but positive valence states from, uh, from that sort of uh, uh, any type of dosing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's obviously a point at which the dose will negatively impact you and I, I have never there's like upper thresholds that I've done. So I don't know. There probably is some point at which I haven't figured out mine yet because I haven't hit it. Um, but uh, that certainly, I can, I can only imagine it certainly mm. exists there. Um, but it's, it's, been, it's been highly, highly positive um, mm. in terms of enhancing it and, and all, the, all, the, all the good that comes with it. Yeah, I think about it like in terms of, um, like going back to experience design, like, if you're like trail running, there's like the obvious of like how far remote are you, like what is the weather conditions, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's like the basic shit before you even introduce substances in it. Um, and then I like personally find that if I'm introducing substances in it, I need to make sure like my like I's are dotted and T's across mm-hmm. because like it's a little bit more volatile. Is it the same with you or, you, or like what's your like practice yeah, around so- it? Like, in terms of like the expected outcome from from those like uh, because what i've seen is that i can fairly it's been fairly consistent in 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 a in a within a certain dimension at least you can never predict wholly what it's going to be like um but in terms of the types of outcomes i have it 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 does seem to be fairly consistent that Mm -hmm. i i can take like you know i'll be taking a quarter tab and I'll, I'll know like what kind of, you know, distances I'll be doing, what sort of, um, you know, generally positive, a bundle of, of positive effects mm-hmm. that it will have. Now, again, what these specific effects are, there is variance and there is certainly some volatility on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I find that, um, of course, dose dependent, I can have incredible um, sort of therapeutic um, revelations in terms of just uh, understanding things about like my life and things so in a lot of sense these runs aren't just runs but they're they're like this self therapy right um, and 
obviously sober as well, but uh, certainly accelerated with, you know, you say a lot of horsepower with uh, LSD and that's, I think that's very true. And you can really, um, you know, you come back, you feel great at the end of it, not just because of, you know, all the endorphins and everything from the van, the, 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 you know, that amazing sort of euphoria that you get from it, but, but also because of uh, all the sort of psychological um, developments that you have made and all those mm. connections you have like there's so many there's been so many times that I'm doing those runs and I, I hate to have to stop to take notes because I have to write it down I'm like this is incredible I can't believe it. I've never thought of this and this is just wow and um, th- that that in itself is part of the uplifting spirit of the experience so you come out of it um, knowing that that you now have not just an amazing run but you have tangibly concrete takeaways um and and different understandings of your life you're like you are in a sense rewriting some of your narrative and also pushing the bounds of what kind of things you can explore you know um what type of things you're going to even do in your life and you know how everything relates to um you know like your future and your goals and all that kind of stuff your relationships so um that i think i can probably attribute some of the lasting effects to that sort of psychological aspect of it and I think that's something that maybe isn't talked about a lot, but it's like, you know, when you go for a run, like you're not just running, like you're also experiencing a lot of emotions and you're also experiencing uh, a lot of thoughts. And um, that, that is, is, you know, that is one of the, the, the gems that comes away from this. Yeah. Yeah. I almost like wonder if we should have like started this conversation talking about like why psychedelics? You know, because like for me, it's like I think uh, I see psychedelics as like a, a a pattern disruptor. Like it opens the doors to perception uh, into ourselves, uh, and and it's that tool for reflection. Um, a walk in nature or or any activity does the same, and it's like combining provides like th- that kind of alchemy in for for transformation. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely does. And it's just, I feel it's such a, it is such a powerful tool. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the very typical use cases for psychedelics, um, uh, you know, it, right now it's very much working on like the dealing with, you know, at least in a cultural, when the zeitgeist right now, it's, it's very much focused on like healing people with traumas or people who have difficulties, PTSD, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's working wonders for that. But it's like, that's just a very narrow use case right like Mm -hmm. that's there's plenty of cases um and it's just difficult to essentially get these out there but there's plenty of cases where it's like you can just you can have this for a sort of pure valence right uh uh, experience um and and you know then there's there's dosing certain amounts to to help with certain types of performance and it, it enhances so many different qualities that i think are just not discussed enough or there's a lot of people that also use it in that regards but they're not even super aware that it's like you're actually just creating this powerful tool for enhancing all these different dimensions of your life and um you know it has an immense amount of benefits right now obviously that's not to say there aren't you know the risk with it right it's like you you don't just start off taking this um taking a tab and going for a run and you know having no idea where you're going or or how to deal with all these kind of things but it is something that some people can progress to um, over time and there's you know if it's used judiciously and with care and in, in a safe container and context 
it can have just these it's this this in incredible you know um opens up an, an insane amount of of new pathways for you to go and again yeah it gets you out of those thought loops and um, um ways of thinking right mm. um, and, and again just the the, the combination Right, like there's there's a few things I found like the psychedelics uh, combined with any kind of body movement. So running is huge, but um, like stretch and mobility stuff is you know you, you can, you, your mind is is essentially directly it's like directly like your your neurons innervate into your muscles, and and you can almost think of your muscles as actually just like an extension of your mind, right, right the peripheral nervous system and um, your your building and you know like for example like stretching your muscles and everything like you're actually in a sense stretching your mind like you're you're changing the threshold limitations of where your neurons you know like where your mind actually feels comfortable holding that uh tension for example and being able to now super consciously um focus on this while under the the essentially the aid of psychedelics allows you to um progress at a much faster rate and um, also like just understand the limits and boundaries right it, it actually allows you to rethink the way um and the application of all these kind of body movement things are because it's like you're not actually just working your muscles you're actually working your mind right they're they're distinct and separate but they're also the same in a way they're they're directly connected um, and i think that's the thing that a lot of people forget so they're we have this this idea of like separating you know the mind and body right and the psychedelics is this bridge to connecting them in a way um, sometimes it's like that rocket ship that'll just like blow you right into it um, but again used judiciously it, and and i actually i'm a bigger fan of just like lower doses um, just to like help bridge that a little bit in a more comfortable setting and it can have yeah it just works wonders on you yeah yeah i'm, I'm the same in that um like if you were to split dosage in in like a microdose, which is like broadly, uh, is low to the point that you don't notice it. Like a macrodose, which is like blows you out of the sky to the point that you're like incoherent and it's like a completely different world. Uh, I'm the most fan of the like the medium mesodose, where you it's psychoactive enough to know, be conscious. You're in an altered state of of consciousness but low enough that you can still draw like the connection with your your baseline waking state consciousness whereas like at a high dose like let's say one plus 1.5 tabs um like it, it's actually you barely it's hard to remember what normal is like mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. yeah and, and the thing is that the, so they each they each have their sort of use cases um, for mind-body stuff, I, I do find generally uh, medium-low to low-low doses are the best. Um, and then if you're really just purely focusing on the psychological components, that's where the, you know, the higher doses have maybe better use cases or certainly breaking past certain limitations in your mind. Again, though, obviously that comes with its own set of risks. So everyone, you know, you do your due diligence and knowing and understanding um, what all of that is associated with but um it's it's it does work just some you know wonders on on uh, uh your sort of connection with the mm. mind and the body do you know what's interesting so i um like mind body connection resonates a lot i um like before like in the first 23 years of my life when i was competing like 
I was obviously training all the time, but I, I didn't have that mind-body connection. It's funny, I was like, like very intellectual, um, but also like training twice a day. But I, I didn't feel like I had like a, like I, almost like a, an intimate relationship with my own body. It was like, a, a, it, it, it did take psychedelics uh, among other things, but psychedelics really threw me into it of like actually like the felt sensation of embodiment, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you found that psychedelics in, in that sense have helped? Because I know you were talking about like some of your injuries and things like that. Do you find that that's um, in any way been helpful to sort of uh, get beyond some of that? Like I, I know there's, there's, and you have to be careful with this because LSD can uh, change your perceptions of pain. So you have to be mindful of, of the kinds of feats you do while on it because you might pay the, the, mm-hmm. the price after but there's an interesting connection there, which is, so I talked a little, well, I haven't talked much about the barefoot running, but we've spoken a little bit about that earlier. And there's something about, um, you know, this, this uh, uh, sort of natural feedback that you get from the ground, right? And when you wear shoes, I guess the, the comparison is a little bit like, you know, you're wearing shoes your whole life. It's like, you know, like you've been having sex with two condoms on and then you take the shoes off and now, and only now, and, 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 and more to that, you didn't even know you had two condoms on, right? So now you've completely taken that off and you go for a run and you, you just, all of this powerful sensations and feedback coming to you, you feel like all, of, all the little grains of sand on, 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 the, the, you know, on the ground as you, as, you, as you run and as your foot comes down, you, you feel everything. You're, you're essentially kind of like naked in a way and it's so liberating and at first it's a little bit challenging right because well you're very sensitive like you're sensitive to the pain you're sensitive to everything um but uh, as with a little bit of time you just kind of get into the flow and i remember this because it was the first time i think i was doing um i done a little bit of barefoot running at the time but uh, i was on an lsd run and it occurred to me i'm like well i'm heading back now and you know i haven't tried I haven't to try to actually just take my shoes off, right? Because it just feels like there's this big mental block where it's just like, oh, well, I have to take my shoes off and like people are gonna think I look silly, like there's people on the trails and everything, right? But I was like, why, why am I limiting all of my actions and everything based on what other people think? So who cares if I take my shoes off, right? And I run barefoot and I have an amazing experience out of that. And like, I'm li- instead of living my life based on what some random stranger I don't even know who might pass me on the trail thinks, right? So I got past that block, I took my shoes off, I took my socks off and I, was, I just held them in my hand and that was it. And at first I just walked, took a couple of steps and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is incredible. Why have I not done this? Because I had never actually done it on a trail before. Right? I've done a lot of trail running and stuff like on asphalt, on grass or like specific areas, but I, I'd never actually done barefoot on trails because I was always like, oh, well, there's rocks, you could get cut, whatever. But it's like, it, 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 there's something so natural about it and there's something so like grounding and that connection like you were talking about like you know the connection between the the mountains and and like you know how it feels to just journey across you know the mountains and the trails and everything right this is that next layer right this is that mm. next dimension where you really uh, uh feel everything and again going back to sort of the injury aspect that you were talking about earlier 
um, with this feedback, your your body actually knows how to properly align itself and uh, do that. Like when you run, for example, there's an incredibly high amount of muscles that need to be perfectly balanced in terms of like where they step, how they're positioned, everything. And like your mind actually takes care of all that for you. So in a sense, it can feel a little bit destabilizing at first because now that it's off, now it's being liberated to like recalibrate everything, mm. right? And what I found is that, well, A, not only did I not have any injuries, but I actually felt absolutely amazing. My, like that kind of feeling, because you're, when you wear normal shoes too, like your toes are super crunched together. And if you've ever been in an airplane, you'll know that um, take your shoes off, you might actually have difficulty putting them back on because they actually expand. And that, that's because a lot of shoes are actually designed, like if you get this like special barefoot shoes, they're like these Vivos, they kind of more expansive, right? Um, but you take them off, you actually let, the, let it expand to its proper, um, proper width as, and, and really uh, just essentially just build that sort of connection. And you know, that, that's something that I, I'm, again, I'm still fairly new into this. So I'm still learning, I'm still kind of getting into that. But uh, uh, from some of the things I've, I've heard with others who are, have been doing this for a longer time is it, it is, you know, it is an, an incredibly different experience. And uh, for a lot of people, it, it tends to even alleviate some of the problems that come with, you know, wearing heels in shoes. And, and that apparently has been a cause of a lot of injuries. There's a book called Born to Run, um, which is uh, big with a lot of the ultra runners and, and trail runners and everything. And they talk a lot about the, the problems that come with, you know, wearing, wearing heels and all the injuries that have been associated with that. So, um, you know, I haven't explored this enough to tell you exactly how much of an impact it can have. Um, but, uh, the bare switching to barefoot running shoes at least has certainly improved my, uh, I had knee pain for you, for for you quite a long time. And that's, that's one of the things that's certainly um, no longer been an issue. Yeah, it's funny. Like, on the embodiment, like, since I, um, so, like, from probably about, like, age 21, um, like, I started, I, I think I got a chronic hip injury, and um, it never fully recovered. It, like, got to a point where I was able to keep training. And what I didn't realize is that, like, the hip and glute group, like made a bunch of compensations yeah. to make up for like the weak glute med. Uh, and then it had like downstream and upstream uh, like yeah. imp implements. I didn't, um, like I, I ended up like taking a break from running um, or, or stepping away from competitive running as a result of it. Um, it wasn't until a couple of years later, um, or actually the end of that, that I saw a neuromuscular specialist that like identified these imbalances and the way like, my hip is, is sitting, all this stuff. Uh, it wasn't until I did uh, a 10-day Vipassana and I was sitting in the kneeling position for 10 days straight that I actually started to feel those compensations. Um, but it, it's something that I... Uh, it's <laughs> Aside from sitting in one position for 10 days straight, like on psychedelics is when I can find myself embodied enough to be able to feel intimately the way my body is holding, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. How, how did you find that, uh, that 10 day retreat? Like, did you have any, in terms of like being in that kind of position and everything, did you find sort of any, was there any negative effects of that? Oh, it was so painful, yeah. man. Oh yeah. So painful. So yeah. like, um, 
What's interesting is like just because I've been like, yeah, like twenty, like from age eight to twenty three running, like my hips were just like designed for like forward and back movement. So so like uh, cross leg, I just knew it wasn't gonna happen. So I I did kneeling, um, but it it was just like a lot of pain in my knees um, just from it. and I was like, after each session, I was like massaging it, thinking it was just tightness. But like, I'm, I'm almost certain it was all in my mind, you know? Mm. Like there was, there was like points where it went away. Um, but I was like, I, I think I was expecting the knee pain to be there. Um, like that was like from the pain sense. Like in terms of the movements, it wasn't until like day seven or eight where I could feel just like the very subtle like tension of like muscles in my hip group, like just pulling my my left hip forward and, and my right hip back mm. a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and very interested to see where sort of like psychedelics can play a role in, um, you know, uh, in some ways correcting, maybe not correcting, but in helping at least be more conscious of the ways in which, um, you know, we're essentially creating an impact on our bodies so um for to bring it back to like trail running it's whenever i run i i find that um there seems to be some sort of like i would consider it like a corrective mechanism um so i found a lot of times with psychedelics like i'll realize that um uh, there's been like for example i i've i've been not flexing my glutes enough right so I actually found that if I actually squeeze more there it actually corrects my posture properly and I know that's been a problem with things like my squats as well like I I I've been sort of relying on other muscles to do that lifting which is leading to like poor form and not to say that this is the only way to do it but sometimes psychedelics can you know be that lens that allows you to just become aware of the way different muscles are working in your body and sometimes it'll just give you these insights and realizations. You're like, oh, wow, like I'm actually not, I'm actually not, uh, uh, you know, stepping right or I'm not, my gait could be improved or, you know, for in my case, like I actually needed to and consistently need to uh, flex those muscles more and that essentially corrects my um, pelvic tilt, right? And the posture improves from that. And then that, of course, has downstream effects with regards to your overall posture Mm. Um, any problems with like spinal pain or back pain things like that right um and then that 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 serves as as an important sort of way of sort of realizing this and again that's something that carries over to after your psychedelic trip because then you're now aware of it and all you have to do is just put in the practice and the work and eventually it becomes a habit and then you've corrected your posture um or you've certainly improved it but uh, uh it's been you know it's very useful for i think bringing you certain insights or things to at least consider and explore um and and it's just it's interesting because it's like you can live your whole life not knowing these things and yet they're there you know like there's the comparison i think it was sam harris who was talking about this but one of the um uh, examples he gives is that you know you're walking down the street and someone tells you it's just like have you ever felt the air as it um, sort of passes around your fingertips when you're walking and your hands moving right and it's like you might have lived your whole life not ever paying attention to that, but not because that sensation or input doesn't exist, but you just never consciously paid attention to it. So 
even the next time or even right now, you can just like move your hands around a little bit. You can kind of lightly feel that air brush up against it. And it's like that signal's been there the whole time. You've just not been aware of mm -hmm. it or you've not been focusing on it because maybe that attention has never been focused on it. And psychedelics are great for breaking these patterns because it can allow you to realize, in a sense, um, input data that is actually there, but you just haven't been paying attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, like John Viveki, the, the cognitive psychologist and philosopher, uh, talks about like psychedelics as a pattern disruptor and that like there is like certain signals your body is probably telling you, but it's being like suppressed or uh, you're just not paying attention to it. And it and like the aid of substances when used responsibly, like can can open you up to that. Yeah, 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 no, that's, that's absolutely right. And, and again, it's like one of those things where, um, you know, it, it, it's not like you absolutely need to take psychedelics for it. Because in a sense, you can become aware of it. Otherwise, you can try and focus on it. And, you know, but it, it is just an incredibly massive um, accelerant for that. And it will force your attention sometimes. Um, and I, I would say for the better. In my experience, it certainly has been. So those are, you know, uh, th these are just like, these are things that are just a little bit less talked about in terms of like the psychedelic experience and how it relates to mind-body connection. But it's like, it's, it's just another use case, right? Like it's another sort of benefit that it could confer to you. And all you have to do is just, just be mindful and, and listen and mm. pay attention to that. And, you know, you take away what you take away from it, right? But um, uh, it's 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 yeah it's quite profound sort of what it can uh, it can bring you especially mm -hmm. again with the emphasis of, of being used correctly yeah. and safely right. So so if someone let's say they're they're a runner um, and they may or may have may or may not have used psychedelics in the past, um, but they're interested in mixing the two, what advice would you give them? Well, I want to be careful with giving any any kind of advice, um, but. I can tell you sort of in my experience what has worked for me. So when it comes to things like running, again, you really want to be careful with um, uh, being mindful. So there's this thing that happens when you take psychedelics is that it, given some of the energy, energizing qualities of it and that psychological boost is that you very likely will go for a run that's much longer than you anticipated. So when it comes to things like preparation uh you should be prepared to do a longer run than you might otherwise be going for so to have that like extra um you know gear and everything packed with you and also obviously going maybe on some sort of trails that you know because the other thing too is like you're in a ways lost in the experience so if you don't have strava or some sort of map or something on and you don't know the territory and again keep in mind the territory might actually become dissimilar um, you might not be able to recognize things the way you usually do. So, especially dose-dependent, um, you could get lost in ways you wouldn't otherwise. So it's important to have those sort of things in terms of safety, like some sort of GPS tracking, so you can always track back, and to have adequate supplies, and, you know, um, different types of electrolytes and things like that. Because I've been in a place where I've gone on a run far longer than I should have, and I didn't have water on me, and by the time I even realize that because normally I can run two hours without without any water and it's a fairly comfortable I'll drink enough beforehand and 
if it's not too hot of a day, you're not really sweating that much. You can very comfortably run two hours. Um, but in this case, I ended up doing something like a four hour run, uh, not really having any water, not having any food. And, you know, um, that put me in a difficult space because what happened is, uh, my magnesium levels were probably coming down a fair bit. And I was, you know, I really needed electrolyte replenishment and it's a different kind of tiredness that comes on to you. It's like mentally you're like, this is ridiculous. Like I should be able to run, but every step hurts. Every muscle is sore. In this case, I was probably like a good 10 K out from coming back. And I, I essentially got into a place where I, I, um, well, I had to kind of walk most of, most of that back. And it was sort of, uh, well, it was a realization that a, I should have had more preparedness for that. Um, but that, that is, I think something that, uh, is really important to consider, right? Um, just having salt, um, some sort of, or like some sort of electrolyte replacement. And again, I keep like, uh, potassium and magnesium sort of, uh, supplement. There's, uh, these like electrolyte tablets that you can take and those are those are highly useful um, but other things too is just like you know you're in an altered state and like especially if you're in the wilderness like you know there's so one this if there's other people but if there's you know wildlife and animals like you have to be able to respond to that appropriately and um, having some sort of you know preparedness in in this is, is I think hugely important and the other thing too is when it comes to dosing like uh, start low yeah, is, is yeah. very important um, you know you are, and I've, the first time I started I think it was like an eighth of a tab which was kind of like more or less a micro dose and that you know brings with it a significant amount of energy and um, not a lot of risk at least in my opinion it's, it's you're relatively sober and clear headed but you do have some of the energizing qualities and you know, then I kind of stepped it up from there to a quarter tab on the next run and then a half there. And I found that half is, is probably one of the most sort of sustained um, kind of runs where you can really have a lot of the, the positive effects of the run while still, uh, you know, keeping your wits about you in a certain regard. Um, you know, there's something to say about one to one and a half tabs. That's also... It's a different experience. That that is a a very mystical type of, you do reach insanely higher levels of flow state. Um, like, you, you, I've been in incredibly high levels of flow state naturally, but this is certainly a level above that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, again, usually the the more intense the experience, the more risk it brings with it, and that's something that I think just on a personal level has to be you know understood and and uh, carefully considered. Um, you know, and again this is with a background of, of you know a plethora of psychedelic journeys prior to this so it's not like I don't have the capacity in some regards to like understand myself and my body um, but I, I certainly wouldn't recommend just jumping into it with no experience and, and just just doing a higher dose uh, so those, those are you know yeah that's really important because uh, I, I, I think about um, like one you're like you're adding volatility to it like so, uh, for example, things aren't going to, you're going to get disorientated a little bit easier. And then the other thing is that, like, when I'm tripping, I just cannot read a map. It's mm, like, it's yes. so difficult to like, oh, that's so, true. so like you, like you definitely want to start small. Yeah. And, and I would actually even say you like, you want to first be like, what I'm going to say, like adept with the psychedelic environment, if that makes sense. Like know like how you react 
like have enough experience to know like have some familiarity on what's going to come up yeah 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 um in 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 terms of yeah things like reading a map like that that's that's very true um i actually got into i i've been in places where um it should have been familiar terrain but it just it just seemed so drastically different sometimes you get into this place where a lot of trails um especially the ones that are like deeper in the forest are are fairly indistinguishable from the rest of the woods so they sometimes actually get so light that you could actually think you're on a trail but it's not the trail and i've had that happen before and you know then you pull out your map but um even you know trying to trace back on that is difficult because it's like sure you're sober you can do it but um you know once the the map is like melting off of your foam because you can't see it properly like it's 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 a challenge and and it's not one that you can't navigate but if you allow the fear that comes with that to overwhelm you then you certainly are not going to be in a good place to get back and and you know those are those are all things that you might not consider until you actually enter that space um and then the other thing too is it's just like uh you know, I've been in those places where I, I just wasn't mindful of like the time of day and the fact that when I'm running in the forest, uh, it gets a lot darker, a lot faster. Mm. And normally that's not a huge issue. Like I've done lots of night running and things like that. But when you're on psychedelics, running alone in the dark and not knowing maybe how far you are or um, can bring a lot of fear. Again, there's this time dilation that happens. So you actually could, you know, if you're not checking your time fairly frequently, you actually could be completely disoriented in how long you've actually been running for so the tricky thing with flow states is you essentially are so embodied in the experience you actually lose track of time and i i would suggest that you know as much as it takes away from the experience to sort of occasionally check the time or like have a every half hour little alarm that goes off or something like that just so you know again it sucks because it brings you back in a way but that way at least you're uh you know unless if you're say you leave super early in the morning and that's yeah. an issue but these are like these are things that you might not consider until you're in that situation and you'd rather plan for these sort of things beforehand so a lot of decidedness and sort of conscious um sort of you know decidedness prior yeah. to rather than as an afterthought yeah yeah i'd agree with that yeah i think about all the the, the things that could go wrong <laughs> now yeah. or specifically the yeah it, it, Buyer beware, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. It comes with psychedelics, I think, and any sort of trailing and things like that come with, uh, you know, their fair share of, uh, certainly share of warning labels and you definitely want to read the fine print. Um, I know I've I've done some risky stuff in regards to, like I did a lot of fasting. So I would actually do, and I would do these sober too. I I actually had a continuous glucose monitor. So it's one that's actually implanted in your body. Really? And it, and it links up with your phone and it tells you minute by minute where your glucose level are and all that kind of stuff. I was big into doing like week long fasts and things like that just to try and really see where I can push myself. And there's a bunch of health benefits and all that kind of stuff. But I still think a week long is on the excessive side. I probably don't anticipate doing any more of those. But I was in this place where I was doing a lot of fasted running because it tended to improve my knee pain at the time. And essentially all my knee pain was gone when I was running fasted. So I did a number of fasted runs and I, I could do, you know, I'd fast for 24 hours. Then I'd go out for a run and I'd run for like three or four hours. Um, slow state, right? 
I found the energy actually very consistent. As long as I wasn't doing too many hills or if I slowed down for the hills, I could run very steady. And essentially, the reason I did it was because, yeah, it's the only, it was the only time I could run that sort of distance without any pain. And pain was the limiting factor. So that's, you know, um, the caveat, that's why I was doing it. Not because I was crazy and wanted to see how low I could drop my glucose before I go into a coma. Um, but I, I had ventured into places where I took psychedelics and I essentially forgot that I was fasting. And I had this like extra energy from it. And um, I remember my glucose was dipping down to, I think something like two, two millimoles. And that's pretty low. Like that's dangerously low. Um, and I, I actually, like I had this alarm that I turned off on my phone and it was only because I was just like starting to feel like really dizzy and just like almost like sort of, sort of pre-syncable, like just kind of, um, going into these these like you know where you're like half dipping out of consciousness kind of thing while I was running but I was like so determined to keep doing wow. my run so uh, I eventually like I had to slow down and stop and I had to I had to force myself to rest in a sense and you know my sugar came back up and everything um, your your catecholamine release is higher so your your body's going to start producing more sugar and everything but again it's like you are entering you know fairly dangerous territory in mm -hmm. that regard and it was very um you know insensible and just kind of dumb to uh i didn't have much forethought in terms of like not even bringing any food or anything um i was very like hard set i'm like i'm gonna go do this run and i'm gonna you know go and have you know fun with this this was sort of like the earlier days of like exploring this mm -hmm. sort of territory i'm a much more um sort of centered and grounded in terms of my risk management and, and understanding what i can and can't do and and, and essentially having adequate preparation um, but, but those are things that, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to explore in this territory. Um, but again, the further you go, the more risks that it entails. And, you know, those risks are real, right? Because you, you can push yourself to the point that you essentially have an injury. Like a lot of people, like you can actually have, um, you can have like micro fractures of your, your you know, in, in, in some of your, like in your feet, for example. And, and they, they actually won't be very painful initially, right? The pain might not come, like people can, people will come into the department too with fractures that they've had for sometimes weeks or, or even months and they like partially heal but not fully and they didn't even know it, mm -hmm. right? So now imagine that with psychedelics. Now your pain perception is different. So normally you would have stopped and offloaded a lot of weight off of that leg. But now since you're not even um, like focusing or aware of that pain, you continue to load it and then you worsen that and then there's more inflammation and potentially worsening the fracture and mm -hmm. um, you know things like that can happen um, so so just being aware of that is important and just being aware of that risk sure. so so again it, it's like there's a lot of benefits that it can give you but it does come with a share of risks and um, uh, you know the best thing you can do is at least adequately prepare for that and you know let people know where you're going to right um, for me it was a big thing because it was like north of my uh the place i was staying was just just endless endless amounts of woods right mm -hmm. so it's just you could get lost in there for sure um yeah. so those are things to be mindful of i'd say yeah um have you have you heard a book uh bone games by rob schultz at all no i don't know it's, if I have. um I, I can't remember the tagline to it, but basically it's like this this guy, uh, he's, his background's in anthropology and he had a, a, a near-death experience in the, 
in uh, the Rockies near, near Colorado. Um, and he, uh, like, he slipped from a ledge and he had to, like, do this, like, massive trek home. And, mm. and it was, like, uh, uh, the sun was going down. He knew he, he probably wouldn't survive the night out. Um, and he, he um, like, managed to hike his way out, but, like, there was a point where, like, all his pain disappeared, whatever. He, he found that flow state, found, like, the yeah. edge of his limit, pushed past it. And he spent... The book is about, like... The, the 20 years that uh, he he explored that and, and he like looked at like shamanism like how um, like indigenous cultures have have gone on vision quests how they've like how shamans would fast and um, put themselves in danger and all of these things and um, like you can make a very good argument that uh, any of these adventure sports um, like the risk element is actually part of the flow state you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that I think that's very true, and and the the risk element ties in very neatly to the idea of so things like near death experiences, which can actually be the trigger for releasing your own sort of endogenous um, uh, psychoactive, uh, essentially create your own sort of psychedelic experiences, right? A lot of people who have near death experiences will have insanely psychedelic experiences, right? And the thing with um, those near-death experiences is that they don't actually have to be near-death in a sense. You only have to be um, absolutely convinced that you're going to die. <laughs> you don't actually have to be in any remote way um, endangered, right? You just have to be, the, the deepest layers of your consciousness um, have to be convinced that you're going to die. So um, that in itself can uh, sort of trigger this. But it is interesting that, that yeah, that, that risk element um, whether you're aware of it or not, your subconscious certainly is aware of it. And that, I think, I, I would have no doubt in my mind that that would uh, add to the experience, right? Because if it was purely safe, then it just wouldn't be the same thing, right? Because it's, it's that part of that thrill. You don't get the thrill if you've got your seatbelt on, right? You get the thrill when you know that there's actually that just that slight chance that it might not go the way you want it to That's go. That's a terrible right? example. There. It's sort of like, like <laughs> the not wearing a seatbelt in a car. Uh, like and I'm not even example. saying, I mean, metaphorically, I, okay, like not yeah, wearing a seatbelt for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying people should go uh, off. Like, and, or at least like, but, but, yeah. but some, some sort of, some sort of, some sort of, I don't, and I, again, I don't want to suggest that that's what people should do, but what I mean is like you're... The rush of the, the shit. The, the rush. Like, there's a, you, you a lot get, of you get the get rush. rush. You get the rush. Like a lot of the, the adrenaline junkies and everything. Like you get that rush because it's like the, 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 the room for failure is so narrow that you, 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 you're like dancing on this absolutely thin edge. And that is where the excitement lies. Right? Mm. So... So I I, th I think that in what regards to what you're saying is that that's very true that that the 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 risk element of it there does add to the experience. Now this doesn't mean you should go ahead and just maximize your risk, right? Because there's you know a difference between sort of like you know bravery and stupidity in that's in this regard, and, and certainly like uh, uh, finding some balance point. But um, yeah, I think just largely just being aware of it is the biggest uh, thing to consider. Um, but but yeah, it is it is it is quite interesting. I think to to think about that, um, uh, you know, the the risk being part of that uh, holistic experience. Like, yeah. if you completely eliminate that, can you really have, you know, the same uh, uh, sort of uh, you know veracity to that experience? Yeah. Um, 
um, so you should probably wrap this up, but something I really do want to touch on is, um, like, I, I strongly feel um, that, like, psychedelic experiences, like, it, it, it doesn't mean shit unless you're, like, integrating it to, to be more of service. Like, the, you see a lot of people in this, like, immersion culture, like, talking about, like, how, how high of a dose they, they took, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I, like, strongly believe unless you're actually, like, integrating that, learning more about yourself, like, pu- pushing boundaries and, and, and then doing something useful, mm. like, it, it doesn't mean shit. Um, I think you're, like, in, I'm curious what your, uh, like, how you bring it into to your practice or specifically into your profession mm. as, like, a, a healthcare worker first responder. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so the way I see it is... is um like I can tie it into what effects it has on me developmentally and psychologically. So the immense amount of stress that I deal with at work and the, you know, just the incredible amount of pressure there, um, really depends on my ability to handle that. And I find that, um, so one thing is obviously there's just this like, um, sort of, you can call it this like honeymoon or this the honeymoon phase a little bit after um, this this great period this period of bliss that you have after taking psychedelics that's like regardless of what your trip was like but the real connection I see is like um, if you can have an experience that like let's say is a high valence experience and it it brings you a lot of um, it, it uncovers a lot of gems or it brings you some something that sticks with you and then makes you better so that you can then be that much uh, more able to uh, extend what you have to others, right? So like in my context, one of the, one of the aspects would be um, my ability to deal with highly stressful situations, right? And this, again, this doesn't just involve things within the inter- interdisciplinary team and, and what's going on there dynamically, but also with my interactions with patients. So like if a patient's family is on the line or if someone's calling or whatever, I could cut them more short and not uh, not spend as much time with them because there's all the reasons in the world because everything else is going on there or just in the way I respond to them or more so because when they interact with me, they're not exactly in the best time in their lives, right? They're in a very stressful period. So they're actually often very rude very mean they can be the patients can be throwing things at you because they're in a lot of pain they're going through a lot of difficulties they're in the hospital not because they want to be on a vacation in the hospital but because something happened and that something is bringing in there and it's probably a low point in their lives and it's a highly stressful period and then they release that onto you and if you've built and you've learned the types of dynamics and ways of uh, essentially um, sort of going beyond your own impulse to react to their negativity um, allows you to uh, not throw that back into the world. So if you can be uh, steady and grounded in your person and in your interactions with others, then one, you're not throwing negativity back at them. And two, you're able to come from a place of understanding of where they're coming from and then respond to them um, in a loving fashion where you come to them with the best of intentions and um, with open arms despite where they're going, what they're, what, they're, what they're essentially putting out into the world towards you, right? Um, and I feel that if you have psychedelic experiences that 
essentially allow you to better yourself and to better your own you know and, and again this can be like a very high valence like you just have an extremely positive experience that in effect is you're able to draw that back into uh, your life and and become someone who is therefore that much more steady less anxious less um, responsive uh, uh, reactive to you know the negativity then you can be the person who's now not only not throwing back negativity but now putting out positive into the world and in that way it is service to others because you are being uh, the person who um, you could be and and uh, essentially making the experiences that much less bad maybe that much better for mm -hmm. those you interact with so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a couple of dots to to sort of yeah. connect but I, I do find that it, 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 as long in, in that frame you're improving uh, your capability of interacting with others yeah it, it would almost like require another episode to like yeah. to go into like what the practice would look like to yeah. get to the end result like I feel yeah. like there's been a lot of work yeah. to, to get to that yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah I know maybe yeah. that is maybe that is something for, for another episode yeah. sometime but uh, yeah. yeah no this is this has been great I, yeah. I really enjoyed you know having a chance to sort of dive into some of these things yeah, and man. sort of see it. I wasn't sure where all of it was going to go but I think we went down some very interesting paths I agree I agree yeah. Yeah. cool so uh, where can people find more more of your Christoph? yeah well I've got a uh, I guess the best way to sort of um, sort of connect or find out more. So I've got a blog. It's ChristophLenart.com. Uh, I'm sort of in the process of putting up some more content, but I've got a couple things up there. Um, and again, the the best, so the most active place I'm uh, visible on right now is on the Meetup.com. So Meetup.com is where all of our platform and everything is hosted. That's where we launch the events, and uh, uh, that's where the Psychedelic Society can be found. So if you search up uh, Vancouver Psychedelic Society on on the Meetup.com. Or even on Google, um, it will be the first uh, result there, and uh, that's you know it's an amazing community, and I really invite everyone to come join it and just see what it's all about because it's just amazing people and really interesting stuff yeah. that we talk about. I can definitely attest to the quality of the community. Man. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Cool, it's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Man. Thank you for listening to Mountain Whispers. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christoph Leonard. You can learn more about the Vancouver Psychedelic Society uh, at the meetup page. That's in the show notes. Almost all meetups are broadcasted online, so you don't have to be in the Vancouver uh, area to, to participate. Christopher Leonard's blog and website is in those notes as well. If you enjoy this or have some feedback, please reach out. I'm probably most accessible on Instagram at timstewnz. It's T-I-M-S-T-E-W-N-Z. Um, if you have feedback on tunes, let me know. I think that song needs a bit of a kick drum to, to give it something. But I uh, would love your thoughts. Again, thanks for listening. All the best.